0: Hi, guys. This is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard. We are here uh, at Parkville Media and Studio. Um, I've got two special guests with me today. Jeff Springer from Process Marketing Group, good friend, subject matter expert, um, and a regular on the show. And then Jim Steele, Airlite plastic safety manager, more than a regular on the show. Probably is his show, frankly, but <laughs> thanks, guys, for being here. We are going to do some OSHA shorts again. Um, we have done five of the most frequently cited elements, uh, the most frequently cited OSHA standards, and so we've got five more to go. We're going to try to work our way through two or three more of those today, keeping it short right to the point so you have something, some useful information hopefully to work from. Um, I do want to make one comment quickly. I apologize. Um, if you are in the Omaha area listening to this podcast, and I know a number of you are, you know, our good friend Randy Stevenson from Baird Home has just published a really interesting piece on the Omaha mask mandate. And, and my guest and I are sitting here in the studio in masks, if it sounds a little muffled. Um, but Omaha has just implemented a mask mandate for the next 30 days, I believe. And Randy has, as always, eloquently summarized that for us. And so go to the Baird Home website, or if you follow Randy on LinkedIn, take a look at his article. It was really, really helpful. Uh, and uh, I think everybody should, should have a look at that. Um, guys, I want to talk about fall protection. <clears throat> Every year, fall protection is probably the most frequently cited OSHA violation. Um, it continues to be year after year. Uh, fall protection training is typically included in that, and so I just want to throw out to you both, you know, from the construction side, from the general industry side, um, why, what, what is the problem with fall protection? Why do we continue to struggle so much with fall protection what do you see companies that do it well and why are some companies just still struggling so badly
1: well the good news is Doug the progress that's been made in fall protection has been monumental in the last um, since I started this in the mid-90s you know the problem I think um, some companies get it and they're they're making progress. And, you know, the big three, I always say, is training, inspecting your equipment, and then using the right equipment. So I think everybody is made headway in all of them. But you know what makes me wonder? So I go there. I talk to them about their program. Um, some of them are completely committed. And you can tell when owners of companies want to sit with the safety person, which I don't see that very often. The problem is I walk away, and now how do they think of it? Mm-hmm. I think they they think, you know, hopefully we can solve this, put band-aids on it, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. Unfortunately, for most companies, there's a cost involved. I could sure. give you examples all day long, and I, you know, we don't need to do that with the time we have, but um, very happy to see the progress that's been being made, but then the companies it, and it's basic stuff because somebody falls it's an incident. It's not an accident. It could have been prevented 95% Mm -hmm. of the time. It could have been prevented. And usually through one of those three things, training, inspecting the equipment or using the right equipment, the equipment that has come out over the last 10 years is, is changed the industry, but it's companies buying into it, using it properly. And as I said, doing their inspection. So, um, I think just engaging and all of us, just like you've talked about um, working together. It's a partnership between the companies like, you know, in this Mm -hmm. case, Airlight plastics, Jim sitting here, I'm sitting here, us connecting, going over your program and giving them options. If they're not doing training, maybe they implore my training services, but as I always say, dotting the eyes and crossing the T's. And then you get to that point in, in a sense that I don't know that that should be on the top, Mm -hmm. but you know, we we could dig into some of the details as why as is. Um, some of it, like you know, PPE is a lot simpler. Put on your glasses. People right. put them on. It's more automatic. There's a lot uh, less thought that goes into it. Right.
0: Well, you touched on something that I think ultimately all of these things boil down to. And you and you re, you referred to leadership, uh, that that management commitment and. In the in the companies that we all work with, where there is a committed management, a truly sincerely committed management, there is leadership. Um, they always do much better. Uh, I, I know that in one area that where we continue to see struggles is in the residential construction sector, and that has always been most difficult because it didn't it wasn't obvious. You know, the tie offs were always challenging. The framing a house and roofing a house was always challenging. But as you said the industry, you know, the equipment industry has responded incredibly. I mean, the demand has really driven an incredible supply of options, but I think there is still this uh, lack of commitment in some of these sectors and I don't want to I don't want to be broadly sweeping across all these companies because some of the companies do it, but residential has always been a little bit slower to follow and you know and, and perhaps it is more truly more difficult, but.
1: Well, and for many reasons, I would say, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the financials behind it. I mean, a commercial job is millions or tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Residential is competitive. And I've heard that from people like, I can't, we can't do this. And I'm like, you can't afford not to do this. And then think about their work crew is usually subs coming in underneath it. So I think it's, it's something that gets overlooked, but the other thing is solutions for that market is is it's not like you know always say hey do you have concrete or steel if you do in a, in a manufacturing facility there's usually places more places that we could tie off or in a commercial roof we've got tons of solutions and mm-hmm. it's i would it's gotten to the point where it's easy but residential roof it's not and it's like i saw somebody roof my neighbor's house this is a huge house ours isn't and it's a it's the pitch was was pretty intense these guys weren't tied off and i i'm like i can't watch this i know know. but they were they did that roof in one day it was unbelievable
2: i think that's that's the big part of it is that it's so fast it's so fast paced the industry has always been you know a little bit dysfunctional in the way of compliance i mean they the the whole uh Classifying the workforces and all of those issues right, right. are big in in that particular industry. It's Absolutely. just a dysfunctional kind of an industry. In that regard, I mean, they can do quality work and you know really crank it out. Um,
0: what's so. what's the uh, industrial world look like? I mean, uh, obviously, fall protection challenges and solutions. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's
2: it's a it's a challenge in general industry as well, and and we address it. It's a it's considered high gravity, obviously for for everything that we do when we're when we're enforcing it or whatever that that is considered that. Uh, but the challenges of, you know, I'm just going to climb up here and take care of this, get on top of this machine, or, you know, I'm going to walk out on this edge, or those kinds of things come up. And it's, and it's usually, uh, for us, it's a lot of quick opportunities that I'm going to climb this rack and straighten that out or something. And, uh, and I think our people are pretty well trained at airlight that that, uh, that that doesn't come up often. But it's because we have trained, like you're talking about. We have a good management commitment to, to, uh, right. to and, that.
0: And some degree of follow-up, I would assume, um, I mean... And I think when, complacency. You, know, when you have non-compliance, or
2: yeah, you have to follow up on it the same as you would any safety program. A big one with with fall hazards, though, is the complacency of it. We're all exposed to gravity all the time, and you just don't think about how powerful it is until it's got you and it slams you into the ground, and that's the moment that you know how powerful it is. Well, right? Jim,
1: and I think you know. Years ago, you just did it, right? You're a guy. You get up there. You do the work. Now that same guy. Thinks about his grandkids or his hobbies, whatever. But he's he's the one looking over his shoulder to see if you know Jim is looking at the very least. Otherwise, he's going to do the right thing because we've given him the tools to do it. Completely different world than residential.
2: I could tell you a story that happened. There was a guy, and I won't mention the roofing company, but it was a really good roofing company. And and uh, uh, the the safety director there, uh, I w- they were working at Airlight Plastics. And I went up to see what they were doing. They're working on the roof. And I went up, talked about fall protection. And the guy that was working up there, the supervisor, says, you don't have to talk to me about that. He said, my son knows that fall protection works because he fell through a roof. And he says, you won't come on my job site without it. Mm -hmm. And what had happened, they were on this large building. And his son was a supervisor. And he was frustrated and rushing, which happens a lot and causes people to do things. And he started to go out into this danger zone. And one of his crew, because the safety director was so good, everybody was on board with it. This supervisor started to walk out onto the, to the roof, and one of his workers said, hey, wait a minute, you got to tie off. The guy tied off. He said he came back. He said, I was frustrated, I t- but I tied off anyway because I knew it was the right thing, and so I just went ahead and did it, and then marched out there, and bam, he fell right through the roof. And he said the dust cleared. The guy that was below him, you know, that was down there had cleared everybody away from the area so that they were making sure nothing fell through. And looked up and saw him there and came up in a scissor lift and got him down.
0: He was hanging there. And he was hanging there. And he wow. said,
2: this was a funny story. He said uh, uh, the, the, the guy that fell through was the son. And his father was the one that was on our roof working. And he says, I got a phone call from my son. says, hey, you're not going to believe where I'm at right now. And he was dangling from his <laughs> rope, exactly and, Suspended. Uh, right. Rather than him getting a call from the ambulance or the mortician, mm-hmm. he got a call from his son laughing because wow. he was dangling there from his harness and lanyard. And, wow. uh, yeah, I wrote an those article are, about it for the National Safety Those are powerful stories, man, yeah.
0: powerful stories. Unfortunately, I think as we've discussed before, oftentimes people need to have a personal experience of some sort like that to really appreciate how serious the issues are. If if, right. if you have no, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon connection <laughs> to something like that, it's just a rumor right, to you. yep, right. And that continues to haunt yep. our attempts to get these – So. Quickly, we've got a few minutes left. What, what do you recommend? Now, we talked about training and the importance of training, and I think a lot of the training we do sucks. So, in uh, inspections. Uh, I mean, what, what what can people do? Give me, give me a take-home message.
1: Well, I think, I, you know, I alluded to it earlier, but partnering, us partnering together. I mean, like a, a guy like Jim and my wife has done safety for 25 years. You guys are, genius, you are geniuses in all geniuses. sector. But calling <laughs> in insurance right. companies... And experts like me, that's all I do. I don't know lockout, tagout. I don't know, well, some can find space with, you know, tripods and winches and three-way SRLs and stuff. But um, just partnering and dotting those I's and crossing those T's, what's new out there? Trying to do anything yourself is a bad idea. Always bringing in somebody to help with that extra set of eyes makes all the difference. The and that's yeah. an
0: interesting point. The the, the technology changes rapidly. A guy like me who doesn't have access to that information readily, you know, that's why I use you. I, I, I need your expertise because I know there are things out there, there are solutions available that I'm not aware of. And so I depend heavily on experts in a number of different areas because I just don't have the luxury of staying on top of all that. And why so I, I would agree with you completely that having someone that knows your problems and can help you with solutions is really useful. Well, Doug,
1: it's like at your house. I mean, it's one thing doing some plumbing or, but electrical, you're, I'm not touching electrical unless I got a buddy that can show me how to do, but even at that, that's too high a risk for me. I'm not, that's, you hire that out and that's, you know, companies can do their own fall protection and and why not have, so I always say, invite me in and I will tell you, oh my gosh, actually, one of the clients that you mentioned, um, Cheyenne and Josh, they Mm -hmm invited me in and i said man this is going to hurt for a little bit but we tore apart we talked about their program made some improvements and we both walked away better yeah so. that's terrific man yeah yep.
0: well they, they, they are really committed i'm sure you found the same thing absolutely oh, they it's are great all to see. in and, and so yes companies like that like airline i mean uh companies that are committed to doing the right thing understand the that these resources are critical to making good decisions and finding solutions and as uh, you've told me many times jim i mean Many of your decisions at Airlight are made by committee or at least by a group where you're challenging and bouncing ideas off each other and yeah, we
2: track things through to correction and that requires the involvement of the person that brought it up and the manager and, right. and other pe- key people. So yeah, there's a lot of that. The, the only other thing I would say that I would add to that, probably just to, to mirror what's been said, is that really it comes down to leadership. And, and leadership, one of the best things about safety and leadership is that when you for good leadership, people have to know you care about them. And of all the things you do to advance your business, telling people you care about them uh, is, is the most important thing. And, uh, 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 and and one way, one business objective, what I am trying to say, one business objective that you have that tells people you care about them is safety. And so if you pay attention to that first, and that's the first thing you ask about, and that's the first thing you address when you deal with people, then you put yourself in a position to be a leader because those people know you care about them personally. When you address the quality of the product, you're going to address how much time it took. You address all those things. You care about the bank. You care about the customer. But when you address safety first, you care about them. And if you want somebody to give you their discretionary energy, you're going to have to get it from them that way. You're going to have to show them you care about them. That's
0: a great point, man. That's powerful. It is. And I love that term, discretionary energy. Mm -hmm. You know, my buddy Paul O'Neill Mentioned that at one point. I don't know if it was his term, but he certainly used it. I think he got it from me. It probably got no. it from you. Yeah, exactly. No, but it really resonated yeah, with uh, me. And I, I know that personally as an employee. I've right. been an employee. Um, and I know when I was willing to give my discretionary energy and when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you're going to only get this much because you treat me poorly, in my opinion, or you're going to get everything I got because you respect me and, and treat me with some level of, you know, right. some dignity and some appreciation. And uh, All right.
2: so even if you're a narcissist, point. kind of a leader, at if you know that you, if you care about safety and you address that, then they're going to think you care about them, even though as right. a narcissist, you don't.
0: Right. Well, and you're putting some money there. I mean, as you said, at <laughs> yeah. the very beginning, I mean, there's a cost to this. Yep. And, you know, um, you know, the old days of throwing a rope around your waist and tying off to the chimney Versus, you know, some of those harnesses are luxurious and comfortable, and, and tool you,
2: pouches and that. Yeah, now you put a guy in
0: a in a harness all day long, and it damn well better be comfortable, or you're not going to get compliance. Yeah, okay. And so, um, all great points, fellas. Um, I think we just hit the ten minute mark a few minutes ago, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right, very good, man. Uh, this is excellent. I think we made some progress. So, thank you guys. Uh, stick around. We got some more topics to cover. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll be talking to you soon.